The New York Knicks fired the team president, potentially hired a new one, and traded their best player last week. One of my favorite people, SNY's Maria Marino, joins us in studio to dive into our latest with the franchise. And Knicks beat writer Mark Berman joins us in this weekly spot to break down the Leon Rose hire and where the team goes from here. All that and more next on Big Apple Buckets with the New York Post. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Big Apple Buckets, our New York Knicks podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host, Kazim Famuide, a.k.a. Kaz. Follow me on socials at Kazim, at K-A-Z-E-E-M. New episodes drop each and every Tuesday right here, so hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, all those are great places, but make sure you leave us a five-star review and, uh, you know, leave a nice comment as well. I like those things. Mark Berman joins us today, but first, we welcome in studio SNY host and anchor and my co-host on the thread, the lovely and talented Maria Marino. Hey, you're too kind. I try. What a nice intro. I try. Normally, I'm introducing you. So I know. Nice. <laughs> isn't this a nice? Isn't this a nice yes. uh, a trade off for yes. once? So, a little change of pace. Absolutely. So if you guys uh, watch the thread each and every weekday <laughs> at 5 p.m. on SNY, Maria usually holds down the anchor position or hosts it. But you know, this is the first time she's coming into our arena here at Big Apple Bucket. So you ready to talk some Knicks? Of course. Of you know course. I can never talk enough basketball. I uh, haven't been on the thread that much lately because yeah. I've been covering uh, UConn women's basketball and I've been a little all over the place. So this is a nice little uh, change of pace as well. Yeah, absolutely. Matter of fact, screw the Knicks. We'll get Hold to the Knicks on. later. No, 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 no. I don't want to derail. No, no, I don't no, no. Because no. I, think, I, think I think it's a good thing to talk about because, you know, we do the thread a lot. But, you know, usually you're you're running the streets with, with Gina Auriemma, <laughs> running with the, the legendary UConn women's basketball team. Like, you can big yourself up a little bit. You don't got to – downplay you know yeah. what i mean so how's how's that like man like just being in that uh in, in the aura of such a legendary coach and somebody who's just meant so much to women's sports and just basketball in general you know i think he's one of the greatest coaches of all time and i don't even think it's like in question of course so for me as someone who loves basketball as someone who's a big fan of of women's ball and the wnba to be around a program of that stature and a coach who's just so knowledgeable and literally every single time something comes out of his mouth, it's meaningful. Mm. Like anytime I ask him a question, he just always has insight. He's always like this walking soundbite. So I just feel like I'm constantly learning mm -hmm. and you know, I get to see up close uh, some of the practice routines with their shoot arounds and, and just being at the games. It's, uh, it's definitely, uh, a rewarding experience it's challenging for sure and you know UConn ball it's a little bit if you want to call it that a little bit of a down year for them They're and a down good. year for them yeah. is like oh wow you're they're only a top 10 team instead of a top two <laughs> whoop-de-doo you know what I mean so uh, another question I have is you know you're around Gino a lot you I watch the one-on-ones they're they're always very insightful and like you said he always says whenever he speaks he doesn't mince words he doesn't right. waste a word everything he says is very important he yeah. speaks like a new yorker man like he's, he's, he talks he talks like somebody you go and grab a bagel with like down <laughs> yeah, the street sure. it's like oh yeah he just happens to be a legendary head coach all right so let's talk some knicks man Perfect. Uh, it was a wild week 
outside of all the front office moves, uh, the New York Knicks traded Marcus Morris to, Los, to the Los Angeles Clippers for a first-round pick uh, and Mo Harkless expiring contract, former St. John's Red Storm, go Johnnies, and uh, Queens native. It's funny because that's the forgotten part of the deal, but that's kind of cool that you got a hometown guy coming here. That's oh, what I was Jake. saying. I was, Oh, hey, Jake. Well, Jake uh, a wild Jake Brown I've known Maria appears. for years and years. Yeah, I know, know I've known her since she came out the womb. <laughs> <laughs> the world gets smaller every day, man. You practically discovered me. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, take 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 all the compliments that you can. You know, that's why we survive. JK. Uh, <laughs> Oxygen compliments. So, yeah. All right, let's talk about it, man. Like, uh, the one story that's kind of flying under the radar is a guy like Mo Harkless, who got some, a lot of playing time for a, a contending Los Angeles Clippers team, who's been a solid professional throughout his entire NBA career, coming home, playing for the New York Knicks, playing, for the, playing at the Garden, the place where he kind of made his name for the St. John's Red Storm and being from Queens, New York. What are your thoughts on, on him joining the team? You know, my thoughts aren't so much on him per se. I mean, I think he's a fine player. It was more for me just the fact that I felt like Marcus Morris needed to be moved. Mm. And if it was just for Mo Harkless, I would say obviously that's not enough. But the right. fact that they get a late first round pick, albeit it's not the splashiest thing you can get, and then they get another pick for next year from the Clippers, I just think it was the best way they could have gone rather than just letting nothing happen at all mm -hmm. um because i know knicks fans are partial to marcus morris in some respects uh i i personally felt like he didn't always give the knicks the right attention um <laughs> but he certainly did bring attention to the right. knicks and you know he was playing well uh but in my mind for somebody whose contract is expiring at the end of the year and and could uh be going into free agency, it just, it's like, do something. Yeah. I think it, it would have been kind of a, sh a shame if the Knicks weren't sellers at the trade deadline. So they had to be in some way. I wasn't expecting, especially after the, the news of the firing of Steve Mills, like I wasn't expecting any blockbuster moves by any means. And not that they necessarily had a ton of assets that they could move, but it's like, hey, rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. And we've been saying it for years. Mm -hmm. We've been saying it for years about the Knicks. And you just hope that this is the time that they actually do rebuild. Yeah, and, and you're never going to sell any higher on Marcus Morris. Like, he's not going to go to the Clippers and average 20 a game. He's not going to be the guy getting all the shots. He might be He might be getting the fifth most shots on that team. So, you know, I think, you know, personally, I think they got a, a pretty decent haul. I tweeted that was like his third, their third or fourth option, and people were like, more like the fifth or sixth. Yeah. Because you, you, you got Lou Kawhi, Williams. you right. got Paul George, Lou you got Williams. Lou Williams, you got Harrell. Uh, Montrez Harrell. I mean, and there's look, a lot of – there's a lot of – balls to go around. There's only one ball to go around with a lot of players. <laughs> that team is stacked. Right. I think where Marcus Morris actually lies as far as like talent and, and the the option that he is, is kind of more accurate to what he was in Boston. Right. Um, and, and I think that's really who he is, that type of role where maybe he's like the third or fourth option on in an ideal situation. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay, that's another body you could throw at LeBron James when it comes to the playoffs. That's another body you can throw at James Harden when it comes to playoffs or Russell Westbrook. And he can knock down the three. Yes. And he's a good leader. He's going to be good for your locker room. And he's not going to come in and, and rock the boat. Like he's probably, he's cut from the same cloth as a Lou Williams, as a Pat Beverly, as a Kawhi. Yeah, kind of gritty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, it's I don't want to see those guys for seven games. Is they have a good mix of veterans and youth in that Clippers roster right now and that's why I picked them before the season to win it all this was the final piece that they needed I think mm -hmm. I think they're going to give the Lakers a run for the money that's going to be a seven game series 
It's a series that we kind of need to happen in the Western Conference Finals. Like, oh, yeah. for L.A. with the Kobe situation, uh, for the Clippers franchise, the Lakers franchise, that's what the NBA needs, and the ratings oh. for that would be through the roof. Oh, my it's, God. It's, it's such a showdown, the idea of it, and especially the way the drama went down in the offseason when, yeah. like, Kawhi was figuring out where he was going. But I, I feel like we say that every year, right? We always live for, like, the Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals. Yeah. I don't know. This year? The finals could be epic, too. I think it will be. I think it will be. And and, and on top of that, I'll, it's always fun. The league is always fun when everything revolves around LeBron James. Right? <laughs> Where uh, People may not want to admit it. People may, may want to say, oh, it's great to have parody and, and new people. They're like, listen, when the biggest star in the sport is going to decide who or when the championship is going to be decided. It's always more fun. It's always more interesting. And I guarantee you Adam Silver is not losing any sleep. Well, it was weird last year <laughs> that it didn't happen that way. And that's why people were right. scratching their head. I mean, LeBron's groin was screwed right. up or whatever right. was wrong with them. All the injuries he dealt with that the playoffs just didn't feel right. For me, it was kind of a breath of fresh air because it was like one year finally he's not in it. But I think the one-year break is all we need. Like right. now it's Definitely. time that he returns to uh, the promised land. Absolutely. Uh, so in other news, uh, yeah. the Knicks – are, you know, I guess they have a verbal agreement to hire <laughs> CAA player agent uh, Leon Rose to replace Steve Mills. Um, should the Knicks have traded their draft picks to get a guy like Masai Ujiri, who I guess uh, James Dolan has had a man crush on for, this, for the last several years? And I understand why. Yeah. Masai Ujiri for sure is one of those uh, executive talents that doesn't come around often. But to me, the pursuit of Masai was always unrealistic. Mm. For one thing, people always talk about the allure of the Knicks. People want to turn around the Knicks. They want to be the one that goes in there and brings them back to their former glory. But I think sometimes that is a little bit overstated. For somebody like Masai, he already took a franchise that had never won a title and basically built it, and he was the architect of this championship. He had that deal to bring in Kawhi Leonard. And on top of it, Kawhi is now gone. They lose their best player. And they are, they they, have one of the top records, not only in the Eastern Conference, but in the entire NBA. I mean, they could contend again this year. Why would he want to go away? Yeah, they're currently on a 15 game winning streak. They're the hottest team in the NBA. And I can't tell you what their starting five looks like. Right. I love how you casually said 15 game winning streak. Like, how often does that happen? That doesn't happen. It's insane. And so it's like, to me, in in my mind, I just feel like, why would you want to be pried away from that? Now, if you were interested, now say down the line say they say the Raptors were to win another title this year Mm. first of all you're waiting right you're waiting for that to unfold and then on top of it you have to probably give things up because he's under contract until 2021 right and it just like the formula to me it doesn't make sense now I'm not saying that Leon Rose is like definitely a home run I don't I don't hate it. Yeah. I certainly don't hate it. But in my mind, I'm like, why are we going to mull about and see what happens with Masai Ujiri when it just it doesn't seem like the right fit for him to then go somewhere that's going to be devoid of potentially all the options they could have on the table to create this rebuild? Right. It kind of feels like uh, the Knicks are suffering from that uh, uh, Messiah syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, pun intended, you know what I mean? That Messiah syndrome right. where we're going to get this big guy that's going to come and save the day, and that's never worked. And every, th- every time we've talked to Knicks fans, every time we talk to anybody who follows the team, it's like the Knicks fan base and New York in general aren't built for a rebuilding type of team. And 
I think that's baloney because it's like they've been rebuilding for the past 15 years. What 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 are you really talking about? So with that being said, I mean, how what's the, what's the big what's the big next move for the Knicks? I mean, is it getting the the, the home run coach? Is it you know making a, a splashy trade with all those draft picks? I mean, Joel Embiid doesn't seem very happy. That's Leon Rose's former uh, player. I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, he's got a lot of players and, and a lot of uh, you know relationships with people around the NBA. What do you think is the next big splashy move, or is there one to even be made? I personally think that the biggest move has to be this entire rebrand, and it's already begun. So you have Steven Stout now. I personally felt like whatever the Brooklyn Nets did was great, and right. I'm not even saying that because they landed KD and Kyrie. I'm just saying everything, the, the design, the, mm. the graphics, the advertisements, like all of these things, these all of these things that you see, even their training facility, like it just looks so appealing. Now, then you, you bring in this guy who, and not even just because of the Nets, he obviously has a very big reputation. Right. He clearly has um, influence behind the scenes, and I think that's directly correlating to the fact that you're now moving on from Steve Mills. Uh, even though he's still kind of he involved, has some role. we don't know what he's, he's on the board of something. That to me, that to that me, <laughs> that to me just further proves that James Dolan was probably holding on to Mills a little bit longer than he should have because he likes the guy. Um, but I think the biggest thing in this rebrand is the separation between James Dolan and the team and what the team stands for and its illustrious history and all of the things that used to make the Knicks cool. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're you're going forward with that. What you need to do is have James Dolan step back. And I don't right. even necessarily mean in decision making. I mean in general. I don't want to see a press release that has a quote from James <laughs> Dolan. I don't want to <laughs> see a clip go viral of James Dolan he, who he can't hold his tongue and he and he yells at a fan. And whether or not the vitriol for this man is justified. The perception is reality, and for whatever reason, there is a perception out there that the ownership is not cool, is not where it should be, is not hip. So it's like, just have him fade. Yeah, yeah. Just have him fade. I wouldn't have him any head coach meeting, any free agent meeting, any trade meeting. Nothing. Let him go on the road with Chicago as the opener for Chicago, JD in the straight shot. <laughs> I'm sure he pays for that performance. We know they ain't paying him anything. Right. Let him be no part of the I don't think he needs the money moves. either. <laughs> yeah. And that's why she's right. She, you can't overlook the fact that he's sitting in these meetings and no one takes him seriously. Yeah. He's yelling at fans saying, sell the team. There's 20,000 of them yelling at him. I'll tell You're you gonna this. You're going to throw them out of the building? No way. I'll tell you this. I used to work for Steve Stout for about four years at Translation. And uh, I got there a little bit after they, they finished working with the Brooklyn Nets. And... Um, you know, the one thing I've noticed is that Steve, like, and, and Mark Berman, will, who will be on the show later, spoke about this, saying that, um, you know, he's been very much in his ear. He's been he's been in the forefront and, and taking a lot of interviews and making a lot of big quotes. And I will I'll, I'll go on record and say, like, you know, KD had a point. KD had a point in the summertime. The Knicks are cool. Like these are these are kids that are growing up and not necessarily seeing the Knicks do anything you know of that 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 relates to the person of today and if there's anything steve stout is good at it is relating to the kids of today and if there's anything that the knicks need they need you know that franchise to come around and look like they are the the premier franchise that we all hear about all the time but never really had a reason to say it we're just like oh it's new york oh it's the knicks oh it's a historic franchise like all right for what 
Like, go and tell that to LaMelo Ball. He's 17, about to be 18 years old. He's never seen a prominent Knicks team. He might be, he might play for you guys next year. But Steve Stout, man, he's a guy who's, you know, Budweiser made an America festival, uh, working with Jay-Z, working with Drake, working with Sprite, uh, United Masters. Like, you know, he's, if there's anything he's good at, he's on the pulse of culture. Like, he gets it. You know what I'm saying? Now, you can do all the cool stuff and rebranding in the world. You got to put some on the product, the yes. product on the court that is watchable, you know, and give say what you want about the Brooklyn Nets. They have put on a watchable product to go with all the cool stuff, to go with the Jay-Z partnerships and the black and white logo and all that type of stuff. It all is supposed to connect. So I think so far, I mean, it's still supremely early and James Dolan absolutely has more than enough time to make this a terrible hire in the Aww. next couple of weeks. I don't put anything past them. Um, I do think they've made the the, the right steps so far as far right. as making these guys a little bit more relevant. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about some hoops, man. Speaking of win streaks, the Knicks was this close from going on a five game winning streak. They lost a heartbreaker in double overtime, one hundred and forty to one hundred and thirty five. Blew an eight point lead in the final 90 seconds and could have made five straight wins in a row and could have gotten them within four. All the craziness aside. Right. Well, that's the biggest tease. Four, four and, and a half, half games. And now there's six. Out that's of the eight games. And yeah. now there's six games out of it. Ugh. Yeah. What are, What are your thoughts right now, man? Do you, do you think the Knicks should peel back? Should they still kind of go for it and try and at least show that they're moving in the right direction and, and go for a playoff push? What do you think is the next I step? mean – I don't expect that they're going to make the playoffs, but I'm all for making that push. Mm. I'm a big proponent of winning culture. I know that's kind of like a buzz phrase, yeah. but I really think it's true. Like, and, and you talk about branding, you talk about image, you talk about what young players and what superstar players respect, and it's competitiveness. And um, I think Mike Miller has done a, a pretty good job considering the roster that he has. And, He's uh, kind of been sniffing like 500 records since he took over. I think it's uh, super interesting that it, it's kind of it kind of akin to like Jeff Van Gundy, who yeah. you know back in the day was an interim head coach and then eventually became a coach. And we got to talk about you know coaching prospects too. <laughs> but um, to me, I'm all about development, and you can't develop if you're going out there every night and not trying to play your best basketball. And I think uh, obviously the players want that. Mm. And coaching, coaches can do certain things to ensure that that's happening. They, you know, we talked a lot last year about how the Knicks, quote unquote, weren't tanking. I did not buy that for a second. Yeah. I thought they were absolutely doing things, subtle things that um, made sure that they that they were going to have the, not the worst record for in the Zion league. Not and take well, it for RJ. Well, take sure, and 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 and. I understand why. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with that. I, yeah. I, I just don't just like you have like I'll just quickly go on a quick rant. Like you had Ennis Cantor on the roster who eventually played on a playoff team in Portland and you were you benched him because you're you're trying to win games. Really? Right. So anyway, regardless, that's a tangent. <laughs> I digress. Um, so but the bottom line is you got to develop and, and it definitely starts from the top down um, and. So this next coaching hire or this next coaching decision is going to be, as always, a big one for the Knicks. Right. <laughs> There's so many that. Yeah, Mark count. Berman coming out in a couple of minutes wrote a column about Thibodeau 
and Van Gundy that they're interested. And I think any Knicks fan today would sign up for either one of those. I don't know about you, Kaz, you, Maria. I'm, I'm all in for Van Gundy, the return of Van Gundy. Get him out of the booth and put him on the sidelines. And Thibodeau, a strong-minded defensive coach, Kaz's face tells me he has no interest in Jeff Van Gundy. I, I'm, listen, I love listen. I love Van Gundy. <laughs> I love the ankle holding on to Alonzo. <laughs> I love him on in the booth. I think Thibodeau's a great coach. I think he will get the most out of people. But I'm tired of going to the well so many times. The New York Knicks, like I said, have to move toward the future, man. You can't be going and getting these guys who already have proven that they can coach in the NBA. But I think they've you shied away to... from those guys. That's my argument is that Fizdale was an assistant, was never a head coach. Right. Uh, I guess Larry Brown, friend of the program, we go back, he was one in the well. Right. But where else in the well have Herb Williams? I mean, Listen, where else have you gone in the well? Lenny Wilkins, okay, he was I, kind of a bust. But... I like Mike Miller, okay? Oh. You, he's, he's no frills. Though. He's no frills. I, I watch him. I think he could be a little bit better with the substitutions, but I get he's still trying to see what he has with people. But as far as X's and O's, as far as being prepared, he's never. I've never seen him just blatantly outcoached since he's been there. Right. He's put in that team that has is, is devoid of so much talent and has put them in positions to either win games or be close to games or act. Or, or, you know, there have been very little blowout since he's taken over. But is he the coach that helps you bring in, you know, say maybe DeMar DeRozan well, this summer? Well, you might not need that if Leon Rose right. and That's fair. Okay. William Wesley kind of bring that aspect that you're hoping to get and then the rebrand stuff. So if that if that is taking care of that. Yeah. But so, so that's an argument, I think, for um, Mike Miller. But I think that. For, for to your point, for Jeff Van Gundy, I think he just brings back all this nostalgia for Knicks fans, and I don't know if that's necessarily the reason mm. that you should like him or that you should want him. But that's not to say that he still can't coach. I mean, sure, he he hasn't been uh, an NBA coach in a while, but he's done some stints with USA Basketball. Uh, I mean, Greg Popovich speaks glowingly of him. Take that for what it's worth. Right. Uh, it's not that I don't think he can't do the job. Uh, you also hear the rumor that perhaps, and again, this is an example where Dolan, take a step back, but perhaps he has a grudge against him for, um, you know, kind of walking away the last time. Mm -hmm. So there's, a, there's, there's certainly a lot, there's a lot, a lot to, to consider. And they, they have, uh, you know, they have relationships as well with the new, right. reported new management. Last thing I want to say, I just, I feel like the last thing that this franchise needs is a, a coach with an ego. And I'm not saying Jeff Van Gundy has an ego. I'm not saying Tom Thibodeau has an ego. But they have reasons to have one. And I don't want to. I don't want to have another mellow situation where you get a star player and they clash with a guy. I need a guy that's no frills. That yeah. just comes in, does his job, leaves, doesn't make any headlines. I, like I need Mike a. I, I need like a Budenholzer <laughs> type. Miller reminds me of Budenholzer. I where... just don't know if they're comfortable with this small sample size to say here. Here's a four year contract for yeah. a guy who's never been a head coach until now for thirty to forty games. I don't know if that's big enough to sign on to him. And the, with these big names and Rose and attracting big names, I think it helps having that man on the sidelines that, oh, he's won a championship or, oh, he's been right. in the playoffs. Each. Mm. When Van Gunny left the Knicks, don't forget, he just left. He left and walked. They didn't fire him. They didn't get rid of him. He resigned. He wanted to go. That team was a winner then. And listen, I know it's 20 years ago. Maybe it's the nostalgia in me. Maybe yeah. it's the whole Carlos Beltran coming back to the <laughs> And he's gone. These former guys coming back. Nine-year-old Jake is pinching himself. <laughs> But I just think you kind of want that strong leader. And that's nothing against Mike Miller. And I don't think also if the Knicks kept Mike Miller, fans are going to say, screw this, I'm quitting the team. Yeah. I think they'll be like, all right, let's yeah. give him a shot. Yeah. I think they've certainly been a little more endeared to Mike Miller, as you have, 
Cavs, just seeing the way that he's fought and the way that he has had this young, inexperienced team making strides. I mean, Thibodeau, as as good as a coach as I think he is, makes me a little nervous only because you hear the reputation bit right. and what happened in Minnesota. Players might not necessarily, especially these young players, they might not necessarily um, – that might not resonate right. with them. I'll tell so, you this, though. If there's any reason to bring Thibodeau or sign him, it's to put the hair on the chest of Kevin Knox. <laughs> like, dude, like, you need to, to poop or get off the pot at this point, man. Well, that's like, the thing. Maria's talking about playing time. You can't play guys just because they're young. You yeah. have to earn the time. And Kevin Knox has not earned He's any playing awful. time. He's looked awful, man. And I've, and I've been a Kevin Knox supporter since day one. I thought he's got a lot of potential. I think he's going to fill out. I think he has a lot of uh, – I don't want to say Brandon Ingram, but like you can see the potential where sure. if he fills out and gets stronger, he has a great form at his jump shot. He just doesn't. I, he see, it's like he's got to drink some milk, dude. And like, I can see just him get some filming heart. a music video with Kermit the Frog because that thing is a rainbow. <laughs> uh, somewhere over the rainbow, Kermit and Kevin Knox. Uh, before you wrap up here, Chicago. Yes. We're going this weekend. Yes. Big Apple Buckets will be there. Jelly. Have you been to Chicago, Maria? I have been to Chicago once before, yes. Where do we I eat? Like, it. where are we eating? Like, what's the spots? This, everyone says Harold's Chicken, I know. Harold's Chicken. I'll tell good. you one place that I dig a lot for, like, a really good view of the city. Yeah. Nice place to get, like, a cocktail. Go, like, around twilight so you can see, like, the sun nice. kind of setting. Um, it's called Signature Lounge. Signature Lounge. Look, at, look, look that, that up. That sounds somewhere. Keep, Maria keep, with a microphone and a cocktail can get dangerous. <laughs> oh, boy. The karaoke mic turns on. <laughs> I think it gets dangerous. We were talking Absolutely. karaoke favorites before we got on here, so the last thing we need is uh, any libations <laughs> and, and singing. Not from. this time. Maybe next time. Kaz, Maybe next time. Kaz, what are your Zagat or Zagat? I still don't know if it's Zagat or Zagat. What? It's like the Zagat-rated oh. restaurants. What, where, where, where are you eating in Chi-Town? Oh, week? man. I have no idea. I, I was just in Chicago a few weeks ago for a, a Survivor Series at WWE, and we went to get some deep dish pizza at this spot. I forgot the, the name of it, but the name escapes me. Maybe Giordano. Maybe I made involved. that up. Giordano. Yeah, 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 that's where I went. That's where I went. It was really good. Uh, and I'm not even a big deep dish pizza guy. I feel like you know you don't eat pizza with a fork. That's not my thing. But, <laughs> but uh, while you're there, you have to get it. It's you have like, to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you want to be touristy, I guess so. Just but. warm too. I <laughs> wanted to go to Mike Dicka's place and see him there, like smoking a cigar. My dad saw, said he was there house. smoking a cigar. Yeah, <laughs> eating a big ass steak and call it a day. Oh man, he he lives the life. Maria, one of yeah. my favorite people. Thank you Aww. so much for being on Big Apple Buckets today. You can catch her on SNY each and every week, covering the UConn Huskies. Uh, also hosting on the Thread with myself and some other great folks. That and follow her on Twitter. Follow and follow her on Twitter. Maria C. Marino. Maria C. Marino. That's M A R I A C M A R I N O. Thank you so much for having me. This was uh, a blast. Anytime. We got to come do it again. We got we had a long season and not much to talk about, so we're going to call you very soon. I came at a good time. Yes, you did. That's going crazy. <laughs> you know, it's been a real eventful week in Knicks world, and obviously we got to talk to one of my dear friends, longtime New York Knicks beat writer Mark Berman. Uh, Mark, man, it's been a crazy week. I don't even know where to start, uh, but let's 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 go at the top, man. Leon Rose, um, probably going to be the prospective president of basketball operations for the New York Knicks. Love to hear your thoughts, man. Was that the right hire for this position? Dolan has tried almost everything, and everything has not worked. And I think he's just going to go with this little trend, and it's a little trend. It's not a big trend yet. But going with the agent who has a lot of connections, and Leon Rose is one of the top agents out there from CAA, 
he reps Carl Anthony Towns, who has definitely been on the Knicks' radar uh, as a trade target down the road. Uh, is it going to be a good move? Listen, it worked out with Bob Myers with Golden State. Rob Palinka in Los Angeles, you know, you know, LeBron James wanted to play in, in Los Angeles, so it had nothing to do with wanting to play for Rob Palinka. There's been some uh, not successful situations where Arn Tellum went to Detroit, and that organization uh, has not taken off. Uh, another agent, Lon Babby, uh, became the Suns' head man, and the Suns are still in their rebuilding mode. He's gone from there now. So it hasn't always worked out, but Dolan's trying something different. He's known Leon Rose for a long time. Rose, obviously Carmelo Anthony's agent, and Rose has engineered deals with the Knicks. Unfortunately, many of them did not work out. Uh, Curry, he was Curry's agent, and he uh, engineered the trade with the Bulls to get Curry to the Knicks. Bargnani, he was an agent for Bargnani, and that deal uh, was horrendous. He thought that Andrea would be a perfect uh, sidekick for Carmelo. Uh, so, you know, the jury's out, but I give Dolan credit. He's always trying something new. Obviously, the Phil Jackson uh, thing did not work out, uh, but he's always trying. With that being said, I know Leon Rose is a name that may not ring a lot of bells, but the names that ring bells to me personally is guys like World Wide West, guys like Steve Stout, people that are becoming uh, people of interest in the Knicks front office. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Especially going back to the summer where Kevin Durant famously said, you know, the Knicks aren't cool. You know what I mean? Like they went and go out and put these guys in positions of power who have been, you know, influential people, not just in culture, but in the NBA. Uh, what are your thoughts on that as far as being on the front lines? Without a doubt, Stout has Dolan's ear right now, and he probably uh, convinced him, uh, let's make the move now. Uh, let's get Mills out. And he probably recommended Leon Rose. Uh, there's no question that Stout is very well connected, and he has been brought in to try to change Dolan's image. They didn't want to wait till after the season. They wanted to have someone in place, you know, to, to start a coaching search. Uh, World Wide West, again, one of the more connected uh, behind-the-scenes people uh, in the NBA, especially five, ten years ago, but he's still influential, and that's why the rumor started about John Calipari, because he's uh, worked with John uh, over the years. Calipari already on record saying that he's not going to coach the Knicks. He used the word coach. I feel he's going to be in this organization in some capacity, if not this summer, uh, maybe you know a little bit in the future. He makes a tremendous salary at Kentucky, so he almost would have to maybe even take a pay cut uh, if it's uh, a GM job. But listen, Dolan's willing to spend money, so I'm sure he can match uh, Kentucky. Uh, I, I just think that Stout has a lot of influence right now. He's been quoted in the papers. We haven't heard from Scott Perry or Steve Mills since November. Stout has done at least two interviews talking about the Knicks, and that says it all. You know, the Knicks are willing for him to be their spokesman right now, and that's uh, uh, a little bizarre to me, but that's reality. Now, uh, in most 
Knicks weeks. That would probably wrap us up. But the Knicks also happened to trade their leading scorer over the past week, Marcus Morris, to the Los Angeles Clippers. I just want to get your thoughts on uh, if they got enough for Morris and is there any chance that he possibly comes back to New York in the offseason? Because, you know, it seems like they lo- they left on amicable terms. And uh, the Knicks are one of the few teams that will probably be afford-, afford to pay him, say that they would want to bring him back in the summertime. So what are your thoughts on this trade, Mo Harkless, and the draft pick that they got from Los Angeles? Yeah, well, they decided to essentially give up on the season. Uh, Steve Mills, as we reported, he was more into keeping Morris and trying to maybe sign him long term. Uh, then he left two days before the deadline. The notion of trying to sign him, I, I think it's a, still a long shot. You're right. There's only six teams with cap space. The Knicks probably have the third most cap space. Are they going to want to give $20 million to Marcus Morris? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I think Mills was willing to, but I think by trading him and getting a few assets for the future. I think I think the notion was, I don't know if we want to build around a, a 30-year-old, maybe save our cap space for something else. Do I think the deal is a good deal? Yeah, I mean, listen, this draft, they're set up very well uh, in this upcoming draft. They'll have probably three picks in the top 35. So they'll have their lottery pick, which could be a top eight pick. Uh, they'll have the Clippers, which could be about 25. And then they have the second-round pick from Charlotte from the Hernan Gomez deal, and that could be a 35 very early in the third round, you know, 35 or so. So that's really good. It's it's a deep draft. You know, the lottery is not star-studded like last year, but talking to college scouts, and I know they love to trump up the draft, but they say, listen, this, this players, this is a pretty good draft. Don't don't believe the hype that the just because the lottery guys haven't, you know, been all over ESPN, uh, it's still a good deep draft. So the Knicks are well set up for this draft. I mean, they just need guys like Kevin Knox and Dennis Smith uh, to develop more. And I think we're going to see a lot more of Kevin Knox once Leon Rose officially takes over. You know, Alonzo Trier, who's been collecting dust and mothballs on the end of the bench for the past couple of weeks, uh, he's still amazingly remained to Nick, but still can't necessarily get off the bench. Why didn't the Knicks trade him? And is there what's, – what's the story going on with him? Because going into the season, he seemed like he had a lot of promise, seemed like he was going to get a lot of opportunity to be that, that scorer off the bench. But uh, what's, what is the deal with Alonzo Trier? Yeah, it's a mystery. He just fell off the map this season. He was such a promising rookie after going undrafted. You know, he doesn't pass the ball, and that's the big issue. Defensively, he, you know, occasionally would show a lot of effort, but not as much as he needs to. At the trade deadline, I was told that he had some value, but, I mean, maybe it was like a 2023 second-round pick, and they decided not to do it. I He didn't make the trip, uh, this recent two-game road trip to Detroit and Atlanta. They said he was sick. Uh, You know, the the Knicks haven't always been upfront about stuff. So I feel he's going to be not bought out or just waived. I mean, they wanted to trade him actually just to give him a chance somewhere else. I don't – he's going to be a free agent. I don't just – I think they've given up on him, quite frankly. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he might be bought out. And Harkless, 
even though he came in and we talked to him the other night in Detroit and he says this is his dream, he's from Queens to play for the Knicks, you know, there's still rumblings uh, that he could be brought out. I think the Knicks may have told him, listen, there might not be a lot of playing time here for you uh, like there was, believe it or not, with the Clippers. I mean, this is a player who's not, you know, a standout, but he was he was getting minutes with the mighty Clippers. So uh, they may have told him the minutes might not be there for you, especially when we start going young with, you know, Kevin Knox and even uh, Iggy Brezdikas. So maybe he's starting to think about it, it could be best off uh, for a buyout. All right, last but not least, Mark, uh, let's talk about the sidelines. Uh, Mike Miller, who has, you know, had some bright spots this season, but, you know, with a new front office and a lot of new people in position coming in, there's an opportunity that might they, they just might bring in somebody new. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mike Miller right now, and what is the rumblings and the, and the, and the tea leaves, so to say, of uh, what you're hearing about his long-term future with the Knicks? Do you see him coaching this team past this season, or do you believe that uh, Leon Rose and company are going to eventually bring somebody in new? Yeah, I mean, if uh... – if Mills and Perry uh, stuck it out and were coming back next year, I thought he had uh, a chance, uh, especially if he continues to hover around the 500 mark for his own personal record. He's 13 and 19 now. Uh, he had that four-game winning streak that just got broken. He had a three-game winning streak. He's he's improved the defense. I think they share the ball more now. I think, you know, we we've talked about Fisdale. He wasn't a great in-game manager didn't make adjustments i think miller does all those things but leon rose comes in he's going to want to make a splash and he knows so many coaches we've written that jeff van gundy and tom thibodeau will be on his short list he knows both of them he knows thibodeau very well thibodeau is a caa guy and is unemployed right now and really wants to get back on the sidelines I wrote about a dream scenario of Van Gundy as head coach, Thibodeau as the associate head coach, and even bringing Miller onto the staff, keeping Miller. Uh, I think Knicks fans would love it. Van Gundy is very popular. I think there's some concerns, though. It's been since 2006, since Van Gundy's been on the sidelines. The game has changed a little bit. Uh, again, you, you never could rule out Calipari either even though he's said, I'm not going to be coaching the Knicks. Don't worry about that. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a splashy hire. And, unfortunately, I think Miller is a big long shot, unless somehow there's a miracle down the stretch of the Knicks get in as the eighth seed. I think they were five and a half out of the eighth spot going into uh, last night's action, I guess. Well, you can follow Mark on Twitter at NYPost underscore Berman and read his stories in the paper at NYPost.com as we always have them each and every week here on Big Apple Buckets. Mark, thank you for talking. I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about next week as the Knicks turn. Yeah, Cass, hopefully it won't be as crazy. You know, the All-Star break coming up, but uh, it, it was a wild week of my 21 years covering the team, as wild as I can ever remember. Thanks for the kudos. And that's a wrap for episode 17 of Big Apple Buckets with the New York Post. Thanks to our producer, Jake Brown, for making this magic happen each and every week. 
Hit subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. But please, rate us five stars. Write a nice review while you're at it, because I survive on oxygen and compliments. And as we do each and every week, we will catch you all next Tuesday on Big Apple Buckets. Enjoy the All-Star break, people. Peace out.